wanted something different. Um, it's great to work in corporate America. Of course, the money is great. You learn a lot. But ultimately, I wanted to own my own business. And I've always had that feeling since I was a little girl. So I think at that particular point, I decided, okay, I want to look into franchising. And when I looked at all of the other brands, I felt like Smoothie King aligned with me because I'm into health and wellness, and I saw the trends of where health and wellness was growing, um, and I felt like this was a great business model that would fit into the future of um, a lot of brands and a lot of um, demands on what people were looking for. So I decided to go with that franchise. This is Fabiola with the Black Business Podcast, presented by BlackPagesMiami.com and powered by the Miami-Dade Economic Advocacy Trust. At Black Pages Miami, you can search for Black-owned businesses throughout the South Florida community, and the goal is to make it much easier to buy and support Black. And part of the podcast's goal is to feature Black-owned businesses to learn from uh, their trials, their triumphs the challenges and their successes. And today's guest is Tisha Skinner, who is a franchisee with Smoothie King. Hey, Tisha, how are you? Hi, Fabiola. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for joining. I wanted to have you on because Miami Day Economic Advocacy Trust had a black franchising series and you were part of our guest. And I mean, you wowed everyone who attended the webinar. Thank you just because of your story. And I think that there's a lot to gain and learn from how you actually got into the Smoothie King business and how others can also do the same. Well, thank you for that great introduction. And thank you for having me um, on your show because this, this is how we spread the news and get more black business owners involved. So great, great idea. And thank you for having me again. Okay, so... Well, um, I. Let's talk about the the first basics because I, I just want to give you some plugs because I know you you know you're a multi smoothie king owner so let's talk about where you are right now and your locations. So currently right now I'm down to two locations. Um, I, I my whole history with smoothie king I've owned about four. So I own the one at BWI Airport here in Baltimore and then I also own a location outside of the airport in Laurel Maryland. Um, I've been with Smoothie King for about 15 years now, so I've been doing this for quite a while, and I, I love the brand, I love what I do, and I think the most important part is I have a passion for this, so it's been pretty exciting. What were you doing before Smoothie King? Um, before Smoothie King, I was in corporate America, I was in sales and marketing, I've worked for Fortune 500 companies, I started off at PepsiCo, then I worked for Colgate Palmolive, and then uh, Georgia Pacific in Atlanta. So I've spent a lot of my earlier years in corporate doing marketing sales and things of that nature in those roles. Okay, so you have a business background and you have a consumer goods background as well. Yes, yes. Okay, so what made you decide into uh, uh, owning a Smoothie King franchise? I think it was um, while um, I was in corporate America, I kind of always felt like I wanted something different. Um, it's great to work in corporate America. Of course, the money is great. You learn a lot. But ultimately, I wanted to own my own business. And I've always had that feeling since I was a little girl. So I think at that particular point, I decided, okay, I want to look into franchising. And when I looked at all of the other brands, I felt like Smoothie King aligned with me because I'm into health and wellness, and I saw the trends of where health and wellness was growing, um, and I felt like this was a great business model that would fit into the future 
of um, a lot of brands and a lot of um, demands on what people were looking for. So I decided to go with that franchise. Okay, so you said something there. You uh, wanted to make the transition from corporate America to being a business owner. And I think the key there is the fact that you don't necessarily have to start from the ground up. Um, and that's what franchising affords you. You can go into a proven system with our, with a formula already laid out and a training system and a profitability model that you can follow. And that's the easy way to scale yourself into growth and scale you financially versus starting something from scratch. And I think sometimes we get the notion that unless I started from scratch and put all my blood, sweat and tears from the <laughs> ground up, it's not worth it, right? But you did your fast track by going right into the franchising, that's probably the first perception that we probably have to, you know, change or shift about how we see uh, ourselves going into business and then how we also view franchising. Yeah, well, franchising is great. And for me, I already had the business basics, but I've never worked in a restaurant. I've never worked fast food. I had no idea what to do as far as restaurants go. So they were able to teach me that. And also, why, why reinvent the wheel, right? They've already got a proven model. They're good at what they do. The brand was recognizable. So it made it turnkey for me. So I was able to pretty much open my doors and just let the customers come in with minimal marketing and, you know, just focusing on the brand strategies. So, you know, if you're out there and you're looking for a turnkey option, franchising is a great way to do that. Now, there are some pros and cons with franchising. Um, The pros would be what I just described. And some cons would be it's not yours. Um, you don't own the brand. Uh, you have to follow their rules and regulations at times. But you've got to figure out, you know, what kind of formula works best for you. And the franchising model worked great for me. So, okay, so the I think there's an idea that when you go into franchising, it's going to be an easy skate. You can kick back like there's no more work, right? <laughs> so, but I, knowing your story, you work and you roll up your yeah. sleeves and you go in. So, are you working more now than you did in corporate America? Does it feel like you're probably working about the same as if you started the business from scratch? Or do you feel like it gave you a jump start? It definitely gave me a jump start. But keep in mind, with franchising, you're still the owner. So you have to work in order to make sure that your store is successful. Um, you're, you're hiring. You're um, doing marketing strategies. You're taking care of operations on a daily basis making sure that you have product supply, dealing with customers one-on-one. So, yeah, I definitely would have to say that I definitely do work harder, but it's all fulfilling because at the end of the day, I'm working harder for me and I can see the fruits of my labor. But don't think that you can come into a franchise or even a startup business and kick back and relax because this is probably going to be the hardest you will work in your life and you're working for yourself. So it makes it that more important. Okay, so you have a very compelling and very inspiring story of how you started because, you know, th- franchising is not necessarily cheap. Um, and I think a lot of times when we think of franchises, we think of the huge brands like the McDonald's and the Burger Kings, which requires a million dollars plus to get started. And there are, you know, brands like Smoothie King that are more approachable. But, you know, people always wonder, where do I get the financing? Because even if it's a couple of hundred thousands compared to a Smoothie King or a McDonald's, that's still a lot of money for the average person. So talk talk to us about how you actually got the funding and the financing and and the idea that you don't have to come from wealth or you don't have to have like an inheritance left for you to be able to do this. Absolutely. 
absolutely, because I had neither. So I, I had the idea that I wanted to do a Smoothie King. This was back in 2006. At that time, like I mentioned, I had a, a pretty good job. So I had a lot of money saved up. I had a decent amount of 401k. So I risked it all. And I took all my 401k money out and I refinanced my house and took some money out of there. I borrowed money from family members. I did whatever I had to do to make sure that I can fulfill this dream and this goal that I had. Um, I did work with the SBA, so I was able to get a 7A loan through the SBA, which they're very helpful with financing, and I was able to um, get um, some grants and things like that from the city of Atlanta as well. So when you put all those things together, that enabled me the opportunity to open my first location. Now, that first location did great for a little while, but then the housing market came, and I actually had to close everything down and lost a lot of my personal money and also had to file bankruptcy on some of my loans, which is not ideally what we expect when we're opening up a business and, you know, fulfilling our dreams. But um, that taught me how to rebuild that. And then I came back to Maryland and was able to get assistance from the state of Maryland and go about different routes in order to fund my project. So not at all am I filthy rich. I am just persistent, and I research and try to find money wherever it is available. And especially now, there are a lot of fundings and grants and things like that for um, minority businesses, women-owned businesses, black-owned businesses. So even if you don't have the financials right now in your pocket, there are means and different ways to get that. Um, just check with your local jurisdiction or your local government to see what's available in your area. Yeah, that's a very great story. The fact that you didn't allow the challenges that you face early on to deter you or scare you from going back and trying again. And, and because of your persistence there and your determination, you were able to open a few more locations, including yeah. at the airport, which is not easy to do. Not at all. That was probably the most challenging project that I've had. And, um, you know, a lot of times people will say, Oh, you can't get in the airport. It's political, but you don't know what you can do unless you try I was never politically connected, and I just, you know, reached out to the right people and got introduced to the right um, programs that was able to get me into the airport. And the airport has really helped to groom me and helped me to be successful. And also, like I said, the state of Maryland played a part in that, too, because they financed the project. So my thing is, if you have a dream and you have a goal and you believe in it, You've got to sell yourself to other people so that they can believe in you, too. And once you do that, you'll be successful in gaining what you need. Yeah. And similarly, in Miami-Dade County, the airport did take some initiative in bringing in some Black-owned businesses at the airport. But like you said, it's political and it's not the easiest thing to do. But it's definitely, um, once you're in there, you're in a system that you can definitely continue to branch out and build. Yes. So ideally, my goal is to focus on um, airport locations now. My on-the-street locations, they're doing great. But of course, we all know in airports, there's like a huge captive audience and you have the ability to have more volume than you would on an outside uh, on-the-street store. So my goal is to probably grow into maybe five or six different airports within the next eight or so years. And hopefully we'll see how that goes. Okay, so let's talk about the challenges because, as I mentioned before, with franchises, you just think that there's a, a formula, A plus B equals C, and that it's fail-proof, but you you know were affected by the recession, and I'm sure this pandemic has affected you as well. So even with a built-in model and system like what you have, there are still some challenges 
Um, and there are still some operationally and business-wide, you still have to, you know, <laughs> make the, the decisions and the business sense to keep your business afloat and financially strong. So for a business like Smoothie King, where you think that is something that people will want in a recession or not, what is it about, you know, economic challenges that you think makes it more difficult? Well, it's very difficult for us as a brand because we're considered a luxury item. Smoothies are not a need, even though we're trying to teach people that it is a meal. Um, but we're similar to Starbucks. Like people, when they're looking to cut their budgets, those are the first things that they tend to cut, like the Starbucks coffees and their smoothies every day and things of that nature. In addition to that, we're also seasonal. So everyone wants a smoothie in the summer, but the minute it gets cold, they're not thinking smoothie as, as a meal. They're thinking of it as a summer treat. So we had those challenges on a day-to-day basis, and that was before COVID. So now, with COVID in play, um, we did see a, a big drop in our sales. But um, the good thing about being a part of a franchise is I have all these corporate people behind me coming up with different ideas, different plans, different strategies to help to maintain the business. So we were able to develop an app quickly. We were able to implement curbside delivery and online ordering and online delivery. So that is also a plus of having a franchise because you have a whole system backing you and behind you. Um, But it definitely has been a challenge, even adjusting to the cleanliness of the stores and allowing people or whether to allow them or not to allow them to enter without a mask or with a mask. So it's, it's just been a, a daily struggle, and we're learning as we go, because, of course, this is new for us all. And, you know, you know, we'll come out of this great because Smoothie King is such a powerful brand, and it focuses on health and wellness, and that's kind of where everyone's focusing now anyway. So um, pick a brand or a franchise that you're, you're, you feel that can sustain things like COVID or recessions or things of that nature. Okay, so we know you love the Smoothie King brand and you actually have a vision of growing your footprint. So if today were a different day, right? You were starting today um, or you wanted to branch out and do more than Smoothie King, what would you be doing now? What what type of franchise would you be looking into? Hmm. Well, funny that you say that because I've started to look at a few others. Um, I want to just diversify my portfolio because as you know, if I'm focused on the airport, and if they already have a smoothie brand there, then that kind of pretty much um, takes me out of the option. So I was actually looking at um, some pizza franchises because I know pizza is very profitable from what I've learned. Um, the cost of goods on pizza franchises are pretty low and they're in high demand. Everyone loves pizza. Who doesn't love pizza, right? And as you know, during COVID, pizza sales right. spiked. So that kind of drew my attention like, hmm. Maybe I can do a healthy pizza and kind of stay in the same arena. So I looked at a couple like Lay's Pizza, Mod Pizza. Um, I even thought about opening my own pizza chain. But um, ultimately, I haven't made a decision yet. But I, I do like the pizza concept. I also looked at um, possibly doing a marketing kind of business to help small businesses with their marketing strategies. Because as a small business owner, myself, I'm guilty. I have a master's in marketing. And sometimes... I don't even know what to do with my marketing strategy. So I felt like if I can come in and put on that professional hat and teach some other businesses how to market um, their business and grow, that that can be an asset as well. So I'm kind of juggling those two concepts, trying to figure out which one will fit nicely into my daily schedule. 
Okay. So, you know, getting a loan is always difficult, especially as a startup. So I know that having a franchise kind of fast tracks you into the loan process because you have the big brand behind you. When you have multiple franchises, does that help even more with financing? It does because a lot of the times the banks want to make sure that they're investing in someone who's committed and who has the skills and ability to make this location successful. So think about it. It's Someone came up to you and was like, hey, can I borrow two or $300,000 to start a business? What would you ask them for to make sure that you're getting your money back? So you want to make sure that this person is um, going to be able to, to make money in order to pay you back. And having multiple units gives me a track record of success that they like to see. So, yes, that absolutely does help. But don't be deterred if you don't have that experience because when I started, I didn't. All I had was um, my corporate background, but I had a lot of tenacity, and I was able to have to convince people to believe in me and convince them that I was going to be able to make this thing happen. Okay. Well, I am proud of you. I mean, you're representing for women, for black women, for... Um, entrepreneurship and just having the guts and the grits to pursue relentlessly. So your story is very inspiring. And I would go with uh, this black franchising series that the Miami-Dade Economic Advocacy Trust was to revive a program, an initiative that they launched more than 20 years ago where they helped the first black-owned Denny's in the Southeast open up. Um, And it was done here in Miami. And in addition, they gave funding to other um, black owned franchisees as well. So we're hoping that, you know, more of us could really think about franchising as an opportunity for us to fast track in the business world without having to, you know, work so hard, you know, we were because of our historic challenges as a people, uh, and how, you know, every generation keeps seeming to get cut off, like, and we have to start all over again as a new generation because, you know, they strip us of so much. So it's like we're always having to start all over. But if you jump into franchising, that's that's you getting a jump start, you know, and that's what we need. We need a, a, a jump start because um, historically the systems have, you know, put us behind. So we yeah. definitely want to encourage more people um, to do just like you did and look at franchising from a different lens. Yes, and also the benefit of franchising, and I don't think I mentioned this, um, I get to employ a lot of young people that look like me. And for them to see that I can do it, it's such an inspiration to them. And I basically teach them the skills of being an entrepreneur and owning a franchise. Um, So it's not too often that as a 16-year-old you get to work side-by-side with the CEO of the company that you're working for. And then that CEO looks like you. So not only is the franchise beneficial to you and your financial goals, but it also is beneficial to the communities that you serve and to those people that you employ and also to the customers that come into your location because they get to see someone that looks like them owning a business. And that is so impactful in our community as well. Absolutely. And last question, I can almost guess the answer to this, but do you have any (laughs) clue what the percentage of black owned franchisees are in this country? Well, first, for Smoothie King, um, we have a pretty big group. We um, we all meet and we talk a lot and share experiences and help each other. I would say in Smoothie King, it may be about maybe 30% or so, and that's pretty good. That's high. A lot of systems. Yeah, we're pretty high. Um, here in Maryland, where I live, uh, we represent about 21 stores. So, you know, we're, we're pretty popular in this area, but there are a lot of franchisees that... Um, 
that don't have a great representation of, of black. And I would say move forward, my brothers and sisters, and let's get those organizations, you know, integrated, so to speak. So, yeah, I think that that's a big opportunity and we can we can definitely do that. Thank you so much, Tisha. I wish you so much success and more airport locations than you can even count. Yay, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, this is Fabiola Florenville, the CEO of Blueprint Creative Group, a strategic communications agency, and the creator of BlackPagesMiami.com. Ciao.